Cross Conversations, chatting all things Canny Cross and running. Join Canny Cross instructors, me, Michelle, and me, Louise, as we chat to guest experts about dogs and running, sometimes while out canny crossing. Welcome to episode three of Canny Cross Conversations. I'm Michelle. And I'm Louise. This week we are chatting to Dr. Juliet McGratton. Juliet spent 16 years as an NHS GP before hanging up her stethoscope to focus on using her medical knowledge to help people get and stay active. After 13 years of running and numerous marathons, she has a deep love and respect for the transformational power of running. She's just published her second book, Run Well, and chatted to us while out running in her local area. It's not so much about dogs this week, we chat about keeping ourselves healthy too. So let's have a listen, shall we? So welcome to this week's Conversations and this week we have Dr Juliet McGratton on um, who has recently just published a book called Run Well which is a runner's bible and it is fantastic I'm always delving into it. So welcome Juliet. Hello thank you for inviting me this is really good. So I am sitting at home in the dry and Juliet and Michelle today are out running. Someone had to take control and uh, you know keep it keep it going so I got the I got the lucky straw I think today so I know she, Michelle's running in the rain and uh, I think Juliet's in the I don't think it's raining where you are at the moment is it no it's quite humid and it has been raining but it's all dried up and it's lovely brilliant brilliant so before we get going Juliet can you introduce yourself and tell everyone about yourself because it's a fascinating story oh thank you I'm just now wondering if I could have enough breath but hey, <laughs> I just have to slow down. Um, yeah, so hi everybody, I'm Juliet McGrathen. Um, I used to work as an NHS GP, but once I discovered how amazing running was for your health, physically and mentally, um, I became so passionate about using running to help improve health. Um, and I've actually ended up leaving my general practice work now to focus on writing and sharing the joy of running um, and all the benefits that it can bring us. So in a nutshell, that's what I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I just have to say, by running and talking as a personal trainer and a Pilates instructor is the best way to do it because you're keeping at a good pace, as you know. <laughs> Chatty running is the best. Yeah, definitely. I just It's like being out with a friend for a run. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So um, where are you, Julia? And what can you, what, as you said, it's humid, but uh, what, where, where's your run going to take you today? So I'm in the northwest of England. I live in a very small remote village um, and I've headed down a track from my house and I'm going across the fields to the next village. So it's um, quite tricky underfoot, <laughs> long grass. Um, but I chose one that wasn't too hilly. <laughs> so good, good move. And Michelle, where are you in the rain? Um, well, I've driven to Rivington Country Park, which is five minutes from my house. Um, so otherwise I have to go on the road, which isn't ideal. So we've, we've parked up. So we're just going for a little run by the reservoirs, staying low today, not climbing up high under the cover of the trees because it's raining quite hard. <laughs> so Poppy's pulling me along. Yeah, so we were so just you, talking before we came on because, Juliet, you have got your dog and what's your dog called? Uh, she's called Honey. Oh, lovely. But you aren't canny crossing and we're, it's something we're going to have to uh, get you into, I think. Yes, I'm feeling there might be a little bit of a, <laughs> a, little bit of a need here. Uh, she's, uh, she's off the lead today. We're just 
um, on fields where there's no sheep or anything, so she can run free. Brilliant. And does she enjoy running? She loves it. She's eight now. Um, so I've been running with her for seven years. She's started slowing down a little bit now, I would say, possibly. Um, so I'm a bit fussy about which ones I take her on and which ones I leave her behind. Um, but she loves it. She brings in my trainers in her mouth every day uh, saying she wants to go. So, yeah. That's brilliant. Now, how old's Poppy, Michelle? Michelle? Poppy's just coming up to four years old. She'll be four in August time. Um, so she's still very keen and likes to sprint. She's a sprinter rather than an endurance runner. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And Pickle, well, we haven't been out today. I've been for a run, but she hasn't been. So she, she likes to, she likes to pull. That's for sure. So, but let's get us back to running. So last week on Canny Cross Conversations, we talked to uh, two experts on heat stroke in dogs. So one of the things we wanted to talk to uh, Juliet about was us humans and when we're running and the things and we've got a list of things that we'd like to talk about so um hopefully we won't wear you out with talking too much Juliet on your run but um I know it's September we're coming into September but it, we can have Indian summers can't we and what should we be looking at our in ourselves for knowing if we're overheating yeah sure this is a really good question actually and this is something I, I researched quite a lot for run well in my book um because i think it's something that we as runners aren't necessarily very aware of in ourselves but also in how we would help another runner if they were overheating um and you know our body really likes to be at normal body temperature which is about 37 degrees because everything works perfectly um it's designed to do that so when the body starts to heat up the core temperature that's kind of the inner temperature when that starts going up the body does everything it can to reduce that and bring that down so what it does is it does things like makes us breathe faster so we can lose um, heat through our breath it makes our heart rate go up a little bit it also um, dilates our blood vessels to bring our blood closer to the surface of our skin where it can more easily lose heat and it makes us sweat as well so in the early stages those will be the things you'll be looking out for which are normal adaptations to heat so breathing a bit faster the heart rate a bit faster, sweating and probably looking quite flushed as well. But once the temperature starts to go up even higher, then you can run into problems. The first one of those would probably would be if you were getting muscle cramps right. um, or if you if you were starting to feel um, sick. So maybe vomiting, but actually just feeling nauseated, but also feeling maybe a little bit irritable or um, possibly just a kind of week and just not just knowing that you didn't feel very well mm -hmm. and that is when you're starting to get heat exhaustion which is correctable if you can cool somebody down and you can you can rest and and cool your body temperature and take on some fluids etc and your body's sweating through this and doing what it can to adjust and bring down your temperature but if you then progress on to heat stroke that's when your body has kind of got so hot that the systems start to fail um, and at that point, somebody might be very confused. Uh, they might be very um, disorientated, um, clumsy. Potentially, they could even have um, a seizure. Um, and at that point, then they're often actually they feel cold and the right. skin isn't, they aren't sweating. They stop sweating. Um, and when you get to that point, then that's obviously serious and, and sort of life threatening. So those are the kind of stages that you go through, the heat cramps, then the heat exhaustion, and, and then finally into to heat stroke itself. 
And that's, and it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because the first sort of stage, as you say, I often feel that when I just go out for a run because of fitness levels sometimes. <laughs> so it, it's sort of getting, knowing, I suppose, what your body is and then knowing when it's gone a bit too far. Yes, I mean, I think, you know, as I say, our body's naturally trying to bring the temperature down. So it does all those normal things to adjust. I think when you're exposed to those things for long periods of time, so if you are on a longer run or it's particularly hot, because when it's particularly hot, the air around your skin is hot. So it, it's harder for blood to lose its heat into the air because the air is already warm. Um, so I think, I think, you know, it's OK to have the flushing and the, I mean, gosh, yeah, like you say, you get it every run, a little bit faster breathing and flush, etc. But if you're starting to not feel well with it, you're starting to cramp up, yeah. you're starting to feel weak or um, possibly a little bit lightheaded or dizzy or nauseated. Those are the things that make you think, make you think, okay, right, I think I'm getting overheated here. And have you, Shell, have you ever experienced any of these? Or? Um, not really, or nothing too severe. I've, I, you know, I've obviously done running over the summer where I've felt very hot, but thankfully I've never experienced anything as severe as vomiting or anything. Um, I tend to get... Um, quite bloated fingers when I run which I think is because I sweat a lot <laughs> um, I don't know what what your thoughts are on that Juliet but I don't know whether that's related to the heat or not but that's all I've kind of experienced thankfully yes yeah swollen fingers are um are quite common just uh, even without the heat just with the endurance running um yeah. partly because of gravity because <laughs> your arms yeah. are always sort of <laughs> hanging down um but like you say it can sometimes be um because of dehydration and the balance of salts and things in your body as well so uh, that's yeah, it's so tough to get right when you're training in the summer though isn't it especially with all these autumn marathons coming up this year yeah. especially um, yeah, it, it and, yeah really it's so so hard it really is and a lot of it comes down to practice um in your training runs um you know you're building up gradually but also exposing yourself to running in lots of different temperatures if you can and <laughs> it's um, not always possible obviously um but I think knowing if there is a sudden change in temperature then you might have to actually adjust your plan whether it's your pace goal or your distance or whatever but often it's being sensible isn't it easier said than done sometimes <laughs> yes it is especially when we're in a race it can be very tough <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what I was about to say actually it's uh, <laughs> because people have a goal they know what they want to do and actually that is the most important thing for a lot of people um, which is, and then they don't listen to their bodies, which I, um, I think as I've got older, I listen to my body more, but yeah. Um, is, is, so in September, is hay fever still around? Um, yes, definitely. Um, for some people, I mean, it very much depends what type of pollen you're allergic to. Yeah. If you're allergic to kind of uh, weeds and molds, then that can go until October. Um, so you've lost the kind of tree pollens and things from the early spring, um, but you're replacing that with different types of, of allergies. So it very much depends. Some people are fine all through the spring and summer and then <laughs> September, October time, they, that's when it flares up for them. It's very individual. And, and how does that affect their running? Is it breathing or is it? Um, oh, it can affect it in loads of ways. First of all, it can make you not want to go out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, one of my sons has terrible hay fever and he's such a keen runner, but he's just like, oh, I know I'm, I know I'm going to be awful. Uh, so we do what we can to sort of try to minimise that, but there's no getting away from it. 
Um, so obviously it can make your eyes run, which can make it difficult if you're trying to see where you're going or navigate, etc. Um, it can make your nose block up. So you can't actually inhale properly or your nose is constantly running, which is really annoying. Um, and then sometimes, particularly if you're asthmatic, it can trigger your actual breathing in your lungs, making your lungs more sensitive. So that can be really quite difficult um, if you are a runner and you get bad hay fever linked to asthma. Yeah, so actually going out for a run is the last thing, as you say, you want to do. <laughs> yeah, it's a real it's a real battle. Um, but I mean, there are things that you can do, you know, to try and and, and minimise it. You probably heard of some of these, but, you know, covering up as much as you can. So have a, a cap with a peak to stop some of the pollen getting into your face. If you can, it's not too hot, um, then just a light buff covering your, your mouth. You can get... Um, like Vaseline things, there's one called Haymax, which is like a, a kind of a greasy substance that you just rub uh, the insides of your nostril, just at the well, the entrance of your nostrils um, and around your cheekbones. And that can kind of make the pollen stick to it and stop it going inside. Um, and then when you get home, of course, just um, taking everything off, putting it in the washing machine, showering your hair and everything, getting as clean as you can. Um, and then looking at hay fever medicines as well. You can speak to your pharmacist. There's all sorts of things that you can use as well. Wow, I never knew there was so much actually. Having <laughs> not 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 to suffer with hay fever myself, but um, but I have a question because I was out running this morning, and and I don't know if it's an age thing, but why does my nose run all the time when I'm running, and I haven't got a cold? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a re- that's a really common question as well. Um, so um, rhinitis is the the medical term. Um, right, it comes from the Greek meaning nose for the rhine bit and itis for inflammation, um, and anybody can experience it sometimes it is more common in people who have things like hay fever or asthma but sometimes the exercise itself can actually trigger it um which is which is really really annoying um and can be a difficult thing and you know there are many runners who won't go out without a tissue in their pocket or at least a sleeve that they can wipe their nose on um and it's just to do with the uh the sensitivity of, of the airways in your nose which are there to kind of trap baddies and stop germs etc getting in um but sometimes the, the little glands there that produce mucus become um sensitive and then they start overproducing um and then the water starts pouring out of your nose i get it a little bit i have to say well i don't know actually it's interesting because i've come down to the coast and i don't know if it's worse down here than it is normally because i'm normally in leicestershire so i'm in the middle of the country and i i just really noticed it this morning um I was thinking that's oh. interesting because sometimes particularly if it's pollen related in any way then often the coast is a far better place yeah. to be um but it could be the dryness of the air or the the saltiness of the air or something which is just um the coldness can often do it if you um things like when you, i don't know if you've ever been skiing but there's yeah. a good chance if you're out there in that cold air that your nose is going to start pouring as well so it, it can be all sorts of triggers that make their lining of the nose oversensitive and overreact i just thought it was an old age thing <laughs> Could be hormones too. Oh, always <laughs> well, I'm here running along nodding because I, I have rhinitis. I've had it diagnosed by a doctor now. And so I have one of those nasal sprays. But it's all year round for me. But like you said, Julia, I'm a hay fever sufferer. So I think I do just, I'm allergic to things in general. Um, but it is quite annoying. <laughs> I, uh, I never take a tissue, so my tops are always pretty disgusting when they come home, but that's probably too much information anyway. <laughs> so. uh, 
Anyway, okay. So actually, that, I've learned something there because not being a hay, hay fever sufferer, that is, um, yeah, I didn't, I sort of thought it would have stopped by then, but I thought I'd ask the question. So uh, yeah, it was good. So as we head into autumn and winter, what are the main things that runners should be looking out for in our bodies or, or just when we're out running that, that could go wrong or, or change? Um, yeah, I think I think generally there there are a few things really that, that we get used to in the summer. <laughs> um, I think we get used to those really long days, don't we, where we can go out in the evenings. I know certainly in recent times, a lot of my runs have been in the evening when they normally wouldn't be. So sometimes that sort of change in routine, if we can look at that ahead of and predict it, um, mm -hmm. then we can we can not fall into the trap of suddenly not running <laughs> because if we wait till it if we wait till the evening time and then it's dark and then it's wet then we're probably going to end up not going unless we're really really you know determined so planning ahead and looking ahead and thinking what are the obstacles that might come up that affect my routine and and, and trying to adapt so maybe you're changing to run in the day or run in the morning before work etc because there's nothing worse than, you know, you've worked hard all summer, you've done loads of really good running and then suddenly you lose your motivation because it's harder to get out. So I think that's definitely one. I don't know if that's something that you're, you're affected by, either of you two. It definitely affects me mentally in winter. Yes, I, I, love, I live for sunshine. <laughs> um, and I can feel my mood drop in instantly when the sky's clouded over. It's weird. So it does make me want to run less. I'm also terrified of running in the ice. And falling over and breaking a leg or something um like probably yeah, completely definitely. rational but it is something that plays in my mind and it definitely stops me running more than i would want to yeah I, i'm with you on that one and i know um the running groups that i that lead lots of the women there are very unsure about either very, when it's very wet and slippery or definitely sort of in the ice and i think i mean i don't have the stats but i i would imagine um, from A&E attendance and some things, the risk of injuries increases through the winter months, especially through the ice, obviously. Um, so I think looking at what we can do to injury-proof our body um, and also to make our, our strength, balance and coordination really good so that if we are slipping on something, then we're less likely to actually fall. Um, so looking at yeah body strengthening exercises i know you do pilates louise and um and also simple balance and coordination things that, that we can do as well to injury proof ourselves for the winter so i i am totally with you that on this juliet you you know this because this is you know i do pilates for runners and this is what i'm trying to to sort of get runners to to do and i know runners always say that they never have enough time but you know all my stuff is 10 minutes so we, we've all got 10 minutes somewhere it's, it's whether it's important for you, but why, why are women especially, or runners, maybe I should be more general, runners, why don't they do the strength and the balance training? Because we need it, especially as we're getting, you know, as we get older and we're still carrying on the running. Um, well, speaking from somebody who has very struggled very much to fit it into her life, <laughs> um, I would rather be running. Um, yes. I think that's what it comes down to, really. I've got a small window for exercise um, and I would rather be running than standing there trying to work on a, on a balance um, technique. So I think the way that I do it is two, two things, really. One, to try and make it fun. Yep. So find ways, find classes, find other people to do it with. Um, and two, try and find little things that you can add into your routine. So, for example, I never brush my teeth standing on two feet. No. I'll always be on one leg, Good. bending up and down or just fitting those little things in which feel like nothing and don't um, 
you don't need to make time. You can do them while you're doing something else. Um, and I think actually understanding the importance does help you because I know certainly, now I'm kind of menopausal years, I know I have to prioritise my muscle strength um, because I can see my body changing and I know that my body metabolism is changing, that I'm more likely to store fat. I can see a change around my waist. And I know that one of the things that will really help is to build muscle, not just to stop me falling over, but actually to give my metabolism um, a good boost and to make me healthier because muscles make us healthy and they they release things called myokines which are anti-inflammatories and that helps to reduce our risk of disease and I think for me actually understanding that has helped me to prioritize it um, and then those other tricks of making it fun and fitting it in when I can are actually making it more of a reality than it has been in previous years so I'm yeah. still a work in progress but I'm getting there. No, and I'm, I'm totally with you. And I've got another little tip for cleaning your teeth. Get one of those balance pads and stand on that one-legged while cleaning your teeth. I just bought one the other week. Wow. Um, and uh, I started watching, watching television whilst standing on the, on the wobble board when I can get on it because the kids quite like it as well. <laughs> I've, I've got one in the bathroom. My husband's always going, why is that in here? So like, use it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> These sound brilliant. I'll have to look into these. I haven't tried one. They sound great fun. It's only, it was only cheap, only cheap online. And, uh, it leaves really interesting marks on the carpet as well, which is uh, causes us much laughter. I can imagine. But I think you're right. So I've, I've just come back. So strength and, and balance and flexibility is, you know, I'm really key you know that's what I do basically so I, I'm a real advocate for it but I think also having come back from three months off running injured and seeing and having to have do, do even more strength work than I've ever had to do before and I'm 56 so you know my body has changed quite a lot um, and I consider myself quite fit but to see the difference I can make and now my running now that I've started back is just so different and I, I just, I want to be able to tell people before they even get injured or they've got that niggle that just do some strength and, and get it in, into your workouts, into your routines, because it does make such a difference. Do, do you can ask about the canny cross? Because, I mean, obviously, when I'm running with the dog on the lead and things, then um, there are times when she stops or and I might lose my balance. <laughs> um, and then obviously she's affecting my posture and things when I run. Um, because I feel like strength and conditioning would actually help me to run better with my dog as well. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. I, know. I, I think canny cross gets you, canny cross can cause us to overstride a little bit, can't, can't it, Louise? So you do need to be careful you're not overstriding. Um, but if you keep it at a steady trot, you know, if the dog's not pulling out too hard, we're generally okay. And then as fitness levels increase, then obviously it gets easier. But I think canny cross gets you in a good posture it does pull your pelvis forward a little bit which is what we want isn't it well, that's interesting. so I feel yeah. like it's a good thing uh, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that Louise as a Pilates yeah. instructor yeah, well, no I was just about to say having uh, uh, because I'm coming back to running I'm running by myself at the moment I'm really having to focus on my technique when I run with the dog I I have that forward lean which is obviously really important because obviously you're going forward so my core and my core is strong um, you get pulled with with the canny cross belts. You get pulled from your pelvis, so that's obviously really strong. Um, and I stride, I stride better. I my because I think you're going that little bit faster. 
uh, maybe that's just me, but I do think your your technique, your running technique improves. Um, yeah, I agree. And yeah, because I am really having to focus on my technique when I'm running by myself at the moment. And, and, and I'm really slow. My PB is with no, the no, dog no. so much faster. Hi. No, no, come on, say. Sorry, just say hello to the dog there. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it'd be really interesting for you to try, Juliet, to give it a go. Um, even if your dog doesn't pull out much, you know, if you if we found someone nearby with you that has a pulling dog, it is because it, my dog pulls a lot. Um, so we don't start off slow. So I have to really warm up first to, to, to go out with her. <laughs> Otherwise, Yeah, she, she pulls, but... Um... She's not very big, so it's it's um it's manageable. She's a cockapoo, so she's not too weighty. But she pulls on the way out, and then she runs. Sorry, she's she's slow on the way out, which is quite an anxious dog. And then yeah. she pulls all the way home because <laughs> she wants. I want. She knows where she's going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, but that's kind of what you want, isn't it? Because you've got your warm up, whereas mine's just full speed from <laughs> But anyway, anyway, we're, we're working. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think it would be great for you to try it. And also you use your core strength, uh, you know, loads, even more than you do just normal running because you need to, but you're in that forward run and it's it's fab. It's a fantastic feeling when you when you get going. Um, but yeah, so, and so just talking on strength a little bit because um, people run with niggles, don't they? And the lot, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And a lot of people say to me, oh, I've had this noggle, but I run through it, or if I rest, it'll recover. But that's not always right, is it? Um, it's hard, isn't it? Because, you know, I know myself, when you run, especially when you begin to run, or when you're increasing your distance or whatever, training for something, you get niggles, you know, things hurt, yeah. <laughs> um, either when you're doing it or afterwards. Um, so... The key is really trying to work out what's a normal niggle and what's something that might be harmful. Um, and that is sometimes incredibly difficult. But generally, my rules are if something happens repeatedly, so more than a couple of times when you've gone out, you've got exactly the same problem, then that's a warning sign. Secondly, if, it's, if it doesn't go away when you're resting, then that's another warning sign. So if it's just purely there and it's not severe, you know, when you run, but then when you rest, it always goes away and you don't notice it in your normal day-to-day -day life, um, then that's generally okay. But if you are getting symptoms from it in your normal day-to-day -day life, then that's another warning sign. Um, another warning sign is if it's very severe. I mean, generally, I think most people are aware of that. If it stops you running when you have to come home because of it, then that's really more than a niggle. Um, and I think if you kind of think about those three things, then that sort of helps you. It doesn't give you the answer, but it helps you to differentiate between what you can run through um, and, and ignore and what you need to pay attention to. Because all of those things are better, all injuries generally are better treated early and put you out for less time if you don't sort of ignore them and let them happen again and again and again. Yeah. No, and I, I, I'm totally with you that on that. And I think, you know, just it, it's little things, isn't it? I've just run a, a Pilates for Runners tra challenge and it's just the little things like calf raises every day, you know, working on the soleus and just ankle mobility and squats. You know, they're really easy to put into your day, but they can make such a big difference in the long run. Yeah, they, they can definitely. And I'm, I think I think the other thing is that, um, oh, it's gone from my brain now. There you go. That's a... 
<laughs> that's, a, that's a perimenopausal brain for you. What was I going to say about, hang on, hang on, it'll come to me in a minute. I don't know, carry on and I'll, I'll come back to it. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just going to mention warm-ups as well. I mean, how important is it that we warm up? I suppose when it's the weather's colder, it's even more crucial to do it, to yeah, ease into a run more gently. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, um, I, I did some research on, on warming up for, for the book and um, because I know it's something that as runners we often skimp on. You know, our first mile is our warm up. Um, and yes, while that will warm up your heart and your lungs um, and start to get your muscles warm, it's not necessarily going to warm up your proprioception, which is your joint positioning. Um, and your balance and trigger those pathways between your brain and your joints and nerves and muscles Um, and if you can warm those up and get those pathways firing then if you do stumble because those pathways are already active you're less likely to to get injured so doing things like sideways movements um, skipping side to side doing some of your warm-up where you're standing on one leg just to activate those things can really help and actually getting the big muscles themselves warm with dynamic stretches will help to get them on a cold day, particularly um, warmer muscles are more pliable um, and therefore you're less likely to get injured as well. So definitely through the autumn and, and, and winter, start thinking if you've been skimping on your warm up, start thinking about adding that in a bit more because that that really can make a big difference. And it doesn't take long. I know it's just you just like, you know, you just want to get running, but it doesn't take long. I can't. I seriously can't walk. Uh, can't walk. No, I can't run. <laughs> If now and and again, that's probably a lot to do with age and sort of you know hormones and everything. I cannot run without warming up now. Um, otherwise, it all hurts too much, <laughs> and it's not a good run. Yes, I mean I think if you are someone that's finding you are suffering a lot when you get back, um, then try try adding in a, a better um, and longer warm up. Things things you can do in your house before you leave if you're worried about looking a bit silly. Um, um that that you know if you add that in then that might help you for when you get back you might feel that you're less achy and less sore afterwards i think mentally as well it really helps i know and especially you know if we go out canny crossing it is full full on but i think mentally just getting that that body working your body working and feeling that sort of energy starting to come in really helps when you go out and start running maybe that's just me but it does to no, me. it's no, it's. I mean, it's the brain connecting to the body, but also as well, it's connecting your. Uh, why am I doing this? So, if you are somebody who's training for something, or if you're somebody who just is running to relax, then actually just spending a couple of minutes thinking about the run before you go. Well, not even a couple of minutes, just ten seconds. What do I want to get out of this? So that you put yourself in the right frame of mind can actually help you enjoy your run better. Or if you're really wanting to to push yourself to train for something, then preparing yourself and thinking, how do I want to feel when I get back? What do I want to achieve for this? Can just yeah. put you in the right frame of mind. Yeah. So just uh, just a couple more things because I'm, I'm conscious of time. But how do, um, people run running with colds? Should you or shouldn't you? Um, well, do you know, I've actually got a little bit of a cold at the moment. <laughs> it started It started yesterday, so I'm probably quite a good uh, uh, case, uh, case study for this. Um, you know, there's that if, uh, above the neck, what the heck, below the chest, rest is best or, or, or versions of that. But I, I don't actually really like that because there are plenty of things above the neck that can mean it's not OK for you to run. Um, for example, if you have sinusitis, so you've got thick 
sinuses, there's uh, pain and tenderness when you when you press on them um, and you've got a temperature with it, then there's no way you should you should be running, you know. And similarly, sometimes you can just have a little bit of a, um, a tickly throat and, it, and it's OK. Um, but if you're bringing up phlegm, then then um, thick phlegm again, if you've got a temperature, then it's not OK. So I think generally it's how do you feel a very mild head cold? A little bit of exercise can actually sometimes give you a decongestant effect for a few hours afterwards. So that can be quite nice. But you want it to be a really slow, really easy, um, like what I'm doing today, not much faster than a, than a walk, really. Um, yeah. But if you, yesterday, I didn't do it. It was Sunday and I usually run, but I knew it wasn't the right thing to do because I just felt tired with it. And I didn't really know which way this cold was going to go. Was it going to be something that gave me a temperature and I was going to need to go and get a COVID test? Um, or was it something that um, that was had already reached its peak and that was it going to burn out? But I knew this morning, um, actually, it's fine. You know, um, uh, just a little bit of snot and, and I'm, I'm good to go. So I think with all these things, it is listening to your body. It's trying to be sensible. Um, and at the end of the day, why not have a day of rest if you're not sure? You, you know, you're only, there's always tomorrow. You come back stronger the next day. Um, and actually, you can make yourself ill if you run too much when you're not feeling well. And be out for longer, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. My body, you know, it's trying to fight off an infection. So um, it, it's, it's busy. It's, and if you add the stress of exercise on top of it, then you're not going to do yourself any favours. No, so what you could do is a nice bit of Pilates on a mat and just chill. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, definitely. Or stretch it, stretching, yoga, something just a little bit different or, or nothing if that's what your body's telling you. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did yesterday. I didn't have a cold. I was just really tired. And I thought, you mm. know, I'm just going to sit and watch the tennis and the football. And <laughs> oh, I've just told everyone when we're doing this. <laughs> anyway, that, that's brilliant. Uh, Michelle, have you got any more questions? Because I think we've gone through most of the ones that we were going to. Ask. Um, yeah, I just had one more for you, Julia. I don't know what your thoughts are. Um, but heart rate while you're running because I get asked a lot of questions about this as a coach and I've done lots of reading up on it and there is the the general consensus that your heart rate should be 220 minus your age but what happens if it's going over that like is it dangerous I, I know a lot of it can be to do with the equipment a lot of us have heart rate monitors on our watches which perhaps aren't entirely accurate but if our heart rate is kind of consistently high is it dangerous should we be going to chat to our GP about it is it a worry yeah, I mean, the 220 minus your age equation is um, um, it's well known and it's easy to do, but it doesn't yeah. give doesn't give you any individuality at all. So it doesn't take into account your age. Uh, well, it takes into account your age, but it doesn't take into account your fitness level for your age, um, your body shape, your gender, etc. And there are so many other variables that can affect your heart rate. So you should always take that one with a little bit of a pinch of salt. Um, yeah. And like you say, the only real true way to do it is to get completely wired up with um, you know, all the heart tracings while you're exercising, et cetera, um, in a science lab, which most recreational runners don't really have access to. Um, and I think heart rate training, you know, it, it is always a guide. You, can, you don't necessarily need to look at the, the heart rate zones to achieve that level of running you can do it by how much you're over breathing whether you can talk um and and how you actually sort of feel in yourself if it's going very high for long periods of time then potentially that could be something significant particularly if it is giving you any symptoms so if it's making you um well you're going to be sweating but if you've got that kind of sweat that you know isn't just because you've been exerting yourself yeah again it makes you feel out of breath 
but making you feel more out of breath than it should do for, for when you're uh, normally running. So if you stop and you're still thinking, oh, I can't, I can't catch my breath. If you've got any chest pain with it, that's a really important one. Or if you feel dizzy or lightheaded with it, or it's jumping around and it's irregular and it's kind of either super fast or not too fast, but just not not going in a normal pattern, missing and skipping lots of beats, then those are the kind of things that would make you think that isn't that isn't right. Um, and I need to, to, to chat to my GP about this because perhaps I need to wear one of the special monitors when I'm running to see what's happening. Because exercise can sometimes induce um, irregular and potentially harmful um, heart rhythms. So I did say it's, it's a difficult area, um, but if you get any of those warning symptoms, then definitely chat to your GP. Um, and if you are bearing in mind that that equation, then there are, I don't know off, off the top of my head when I'm standing in a field, but there are some other equations as well that might be worth looking at and it might suit you, suit you better. Yeah, there's, there's... Yes, that's, that's brilliant. Thanks, Juliet. <laughs> yeah, that makes a that's lot of right. sense. Brilliant. Well, Juliet, just thank you so much and I um, for your time today and uh, for answering all our questions. And I'm sure we will get a few more questions, but we'll, uh, we'll uh, tag, tag you in and uh, see what people say. Um, but thank you for also coming on our run with us as well. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> I had to stop for a little bit just to get my breath back, but I'm running again now. And uh, yeah, I know it's been lovely and it's a beautiful day here. So thank you for being my company. That's fantastic. <laughs> I think these virtual runs are the way forward. <laughs> I've really enjoyed it. It's been great, even in the rain. <laughs> Thanks, Julia. It's been lovely chatting to you. You're welcome. Speak to you soon. Bye. Take care. Well, what a fascinating chat that was, Louise. Yes, I certainly didn't know hay fever was still around at this time of year. It's so great to hear a GP talking about the real benefits of strength training too. All those questions that you have when you get back from a run of, oh, is this normal? Um, Juliet's book has the answers. It's a great reference guide for runners. All the links are in the show notes below. Thank you for listening to Canny Cross Conversations. Please subscribe. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a review. Tune in next time when we have more Canny Cross Conversations. Thank you for listening to Canny Cross Conversations. If there's something you'd like to know about Canny Cross and running, then please get in touch with us at cannycrossconversations.co.uk and don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss our next episode.